0: Hello bookish people, welcome to the E-Reads podcast. My name is Liz and this is my podcast where I talk about books, writing, and all the different parts of the creative process. Today I am thrilled to have David Hankins here to talk about short stories. Short stories is such a fun way to get a project out there and he's going to tell us all the magical and wonderful ways to do that. So let me tell you about David. So he is an award-winning author who writes from the thriving cornfields of Iowa, where he lives with his wife, daughter, and two dragons disguised as cats. He devotes his time to writing, traveling, and finding new ways to pay his mortgage. You can find him at his website, davidhankins.com. That's D-A-V-I-D-H-A-N-K-I-N-S.com. So now that you know a little bit about David, Here's a quick ad, and then we're going to jump right into the episode. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome, David. How are you? Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, doing well.
0: Very cool. All right, so listen, I have a bookish question, which is just a way to say welcome, something easy and silly. Um... And I had two in uh, mind, but we kind of touched on animals as we were talking before. So I think I'm going to go with this question. So okay. question is, is there an animal that, is, like if you had to describe your, your books as an animal, which animal are you going with?
1: Ooh, um, it would have to be a rat. Why? because I've had quite a few short stories that have sold that featured raps. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. Uh, but I have one that just published this past month in dream forge magazine uh, called another day on the orbital ranch. And it's all about this, you know, orbital facility of an actual ranch where they thought they'd gotten rid of all the rats and turns out that they have an infestation and it's, you know, comedy and hijinks as they're trying to deal with the rats and you get a little bit of a a Pied Piper moment as the protagonist is trying to get rid of them. And so
0: that's fun.
1: Yep. And I've got another series of stories uh, that are science fiction set in Chicago, which the rats have taken over. The humans have left. It's now Ratatopia.
0: Oh, super fun. Um, Are all your your stories fun? (laughs) Uh,
1: Most of them, like I'd say 95%. uh, I write primarily lighthearted science fiction fantasy because that's what I like to read. And this is the important bit. There's not enough humor in the world. Mm. So I want to change that one story at a time.
0: Oh, I love that. That's an awesome tagline. Um, before I, I pick your brain more about that, how, how did this get started for you? How did you enter the world of authorship?
1: Uh, I, it all started with a story, well, with lots of stories. <laughs> so bedtime stories for my daughter, trying to convince her to go to sleep, telling, you know, inventive stories. You know, I stole from the classics, <laughs> Chuck, the protagonist, put my daughter in there and like, and now Beatrix, the brave, you know, went in and blah, 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 blah. So my Uh, stories, trying to get her to go to sleep. Yeah, really backfired. Um, But after a few years of that, she started picking at uh, my timelines and like my details, like, no, last time you said, so I started writing them down. That turned into two and a half novels that I of course thought were the next best thing since sliced bread and put out to all the agents and they went absolutely nowhere. Uh, So I transitioned, went over to short stories because I thought um, maybe I need to get some credits to my name. Sell a couple Mm -hmm. short stories, try something. Um, And so the first short story I wrote, I submitted to a contest called Writers of the Future. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't at the time. I had no idea it is the largest speculative fiction amateur contest in the world. They get over 4,000 entries a quarter
0: whoa
1: uh yeah and so they uh that story got an honorable mention so i was like yay yeah actually i got a credit of some kind and i was hooked on short stories at that point so i really got into the short story community um found a writing group and just started really studying the art and craft of writing in very condensed segments uh to do short stories and That it worked for me. So after about 18 months of entering writers of the future, I got third place. And so I am actually flying out tomorrow to Hollywood uh, for their uh, week long writing conference. And then they have a red carpet gala um, uh, this coming Friday.
0: That is super fun. Oh, my goodness. As well as you got a, a budding developmental editor over there, your daughter picking out all the different... Holes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so exciting. Um, that is, is such a wonderful well, journey of just telling stories and, and falling into to this process. Wh- how long are short stories for you, right? Are they 500? Are they 1,000? What What is...
1: Um, mine varies. So um, anything under... 1,000 to 1,500 words is considered flash fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then up to about seven 8,000 is a short story. Um, most, Actually, all of my stories that have sold have been under 7,000. Mm, so um,
0: really I ha- condensed.
1: Yeah, really condensed. I have a couple of flash fiction. In fact, the first two that I sold were flash fiction. Um, and um, yeah, and then a, a few shorts and uh, I'm working on my first novel I'm going to publish but uh, at this point all I have out there are short stories
0: very cool what what is your favorite part about telling short stories
1: I love that you can actually um, get to the point and actually um, you know what's going on right away in fact that that's pretty much a requirement for a short story. If you have one of those long openings where you're looking at all the scenery and getting all the backstory, it never makes it even <laughs> to the editor. First reader chucks it. So in short stories, um, you're expected to be brief, tight, um, and you know the excitement needs to come soon. In novels, you can expand that a bit. You, you, you have more room. But I like that uh, feeling of excitement you get from a short story.
0: Yeah. And I like short stories because you can read in one sitting. So like like, be there, that is always great. Um, You mentioned you're dabbling into your your first novel. Has it been hard switching short story hats, you know, from short to long? Yes. Happen.
1: Yes. Uh, So uh, I'm taking my story that won Writers of the Future. uh, It's called Death and the Taxman. Mm. and I'm turning that into a novel. And the hardest part has been expanding more, giving more detail, having more things happen. You know, my first run through, it didn't even make it to novel length. I'm like, I I need to have more. They <laughs> they need to do more, have more problems. Oh no. Because <laughs> um, I'm used to wrapping things up very quickly. Uh, but as I've gone through, um, I even took a couple of classes on, hey, how to do scene setting and stuff like that uh, in order to make the world more rich. And that's really what you get with novels. You get a very rich world. Uh, I heard someone describe the difference between shorts and novels as a short story is you get in a speedboat and you get across a lake. <laughs> a novel, you get in a rowboat and you're enjoying the scenery the entire way.
0: Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And where does confidence come in? I think a lot of times in writing, we talk about like the fear of it for you. Where does confidence, have you always had the confidence to do this? Tell us more about that. Um,
1: no, the, the confidence has been long in coming, um, uh, especially in the short story market and even the, the novel market. Rejection is oh, brutal. There's yes. a lot of it. Um, and uh, I mean, even though I've been fairly successful, I still am getting over 90% of the things I send out get rejected. Really? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's just the name of the game. That's how it is. Um, and so the, the first few rejections that I got, they hurt, they hurt yeah. a lot and I'm like, Oh, clearly I can't do this. Why do I keep trying? And so, uh, but my writing mentor, he was saying, no, just take the story, send it to the next place. They just said, no, we didn't like it. It wasn't for us. They've returned it so you can give it to someone else, like lending a book, at a library. It's like, oh, that's a
0: that's a nice way of thinking about okay, it. OK,
1: I, I will just lend my story out to another editor. And so doing that, I've gotten in the habit of my stories are always out to market. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Heinlein's Five Rules but Tell one me. of them, uh, it's uh, da, da, da. There it is. so Heinlein's five rules um, for writing uh, by Dean Wesley Smith. But one of the rules is keep the story out to market until it sells. And the because it's not doing you any good just sitting on your hard drive. So they come back. I send them right back out. I And uh, some of my stories rack up a lot of rejections before someone goes oh hey that match- matches the anthology I'm writing so mm. yeah I'll pull that one in so how- and and just that repetition that's where the confidence comes in it's
0: mm, so a repetition you know how else like how do you not get discouraged on that journey right like even like you know you get to a point like you've done these these conferences you've got these these rewards from these competitions how, how do you keep that voice of doubt from being loud?
1: By continually moving to the next target. So uh, my life has been one of constant change. You know, I did 20 years in the Army, always moving, always something new, new jobs, whatever it was. And so I'll, in order to uh, have that resiliency, I'm always looking at, Okay, well what's next? Yes, this thing just happened that I don't like whatever it is. All right? I can feel all the feelings right now. That's fine. I'm going to move on to the next thing after that. And mm. so, you know, I'll get a rejection. In fact, I even got one last week that I thought I had it in the bag. Mm. It was it had been held, sent to the main editor. I'm like, "Yes, this one's in." And I got a personal rejection that I was just devastated. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I gave myself a couple of days, felt all the the doubt and you know crushing feelings, and then all right, pick myself back up, send it to the next market. Just because they didn't like it doesn't mean someone else also won't. So yeah, uh, it just that resilience of just keep moving. If if you stop, if you let that doubt crush you, it's harder to start again from a stop than if you're already in motion.
0: Mm, I love that. And I also love how you talk about like, you know, you let yourself feel that. Cause I think sometimes when we talk about like, you know, you got to have thick skin, you know, you're going mm-hmm. it. to, it's like, sometimes it's like, you can't let these things phase you, but you're human. And it's like, it's right.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, sometimes. Yes. Things suck. And mm-hmm. you just accept that. And the, you know, that's one thing is I'm you know, trying to raise my daughter to be a, a good human being. We tell her, you have all the emotions right now. You're 10 years old. Feel the emotions. It's fine. You know, it's a matter of how you respond yeah. to those emotions. That makes a difference.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, shifting a little bit from rejection, you add some humor to your stories.
1: I do. I try.
0: How do you do that, right? Like, is it easy to find the humor in a situation? What does that look like for you?
1: Uh, I am by nature an optimist. So I'm always looking for the positive spin on something. And um, to f- to find the humor in a situation isn't that difficult for me. It's figuring out how to translate that to the page
0: mm. where
1: it you've got the humor. Uh, comedic timing. And, you know, cause there's those beats that you got as people are anticipating, Oh, Oh, this is coming. It's coming. Oh, there it was. And so learning that has been a process. Um, mm. I know the, the first couple of stories I did trying to get humor, I sent them out to some people to read and they're like, yeah, you, you almost got it. it not <laughs> right. So, um, but in order to learn that I've been reading comedy Uh, And I found some some authors that have done, um, you know, blogs and stuff like that on, on, hey, here's what works for comedy. Here's what doesn't work for comedy. And so just kind of building my skills that way.
0: Very cool Mm, question. In doing a a short story is less more in terms of comedy is like every other sentence comedy. Like, how do you strike that balance?
1: Um, Just as with. Anything you're putting into a story, you have a, a flow and a rhythm. So if it's an action story and you have full action from start to stop, people are going to get tired. Yeah, you have to have that lull, give the reader a break, then you can bring it back up. Same thing with comedy. You, um, I might open with something that's humorous, bring it down a little bit, and then you know have an, another joke or you know event that happens. That brings it back up and then and so it's this kind of wave as you're going through uh you know like i said with with anything that you're putting into the story you know even a like a romance story you wouldn't mm-hmm. want to have it it's all lovey-dovey the entire time or it's all you know i hate you i hate you until the very end when oh i love you Right. it doesn't work you have to have that give and take
0: mm, that's helpful because i think you know like you're like oh like you should be laughing all the way through but then and the jokes don't land. You don't have that right. anticipation, like having that 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 flow. Um, I, I love that. That's, again, like just thinking about um, you sprinkling these different ingredients throughout mm-hmm.
1: the story. Well, and the other thing that I'll do is I'll have uh, recurring themes, like a running joke throughout <laughs> the story. You know, I've got one that I'm uh, working on right now for my novel that it, he keeps getting these phone calls from the guys that are trying to sell the extended warranty. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. I could just keep this going because those guys never stop.
0: Yeah, and like that's a joke that like we all get. We all been yeah. there. And like that. Oh, that's clever. That's yeah. Cool. And you can
1: go from you know a great situation as soon as that call comes in, instantly frustrated. Like, come on.
0: Absolutely. Um, is is there anything else you can share or tease us with about your novel or that you want to tell us?
1: So, Death and the Taxman is about uh, the. Uh, protagonist is the grim reaper and the uh, plot line is that the grim reaper goes to reap an irs agent's soul and (laughs) through the use of some black magic the irs agent manages to uh, switch positions he runs off as the grim reaper grim reaper stuck in this dying body going what just happened and so it's the story of him learning to cope with being human and um, trying to get his powers back.
0: Oh my God. Is this supposed to be a comedy? Because that's hilarious. Oh
1: yeah. Oh okay. yeah. So the, the short story, um, one <clears throat> writers of the future and it's, uh, I just finished reading the volume. I had a, a pre-release copy of it and it, it's the only comedy that actually made it in there. And so I'm taking that comedy and, Putting it out to a full novel.
0: That is hilarious. When do you expect for it to be out? Uh,
1: the novel I'm looking for this fall. So I finished oh, the first way. draft. It's out to some first readers right now, um, but there's all the things to do for indie publication. It, I've never done indie pub. Oh, I know really? a lot of people that are going to help me with it. Cool. Uh, you know, I need to get art. I've got someone you know on the line talking about art and you know, formatting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work between now and then. So I'm aiming for this coming fall for Death and the Tax Man.
0: That is fantastic. Um, but if mean? you want
1: the short story version, uh, pick up Writers of the Future, volume 39.
0: Well, speaking of where to get your work, where can we find it? You know, website, all of that good stuff.
1: Uh, so you can find my work at my website, which is davidhankins.com, H-A-N-K-I-N-S. And I've got a listing of my stories, uh, some you know interviews and podcasts I've been on, stuff like that. And I'm also active on Twitter at underscore David Hankins, as well as on Instagram at underscore David Hankins. Facebook, for some reason, I couldn't use an underscore, so I'm at uh, davidhankins.author.
0: Love it. And, and David... Any words of advice for someone who they might be listening and they're just like at zero confidence. Maybe they got that rejection. Maybe they got bad feedback and they're just at this point where they want to give up. Any words of encouragement?
1: My biggest encouragement to someone that is in that position where they just don't feel like they can do it is just take the next step. You don't have to try to take the next hundred steps that's too much. Just take the next one. So if you just got a rejection and it hurts, take the next step and send it somewhere else. Or if you, you know, got some feedback that you're like, oh, I, this story clearly I can't do anything with it. Okay, you can set that story aside. The best story that you have is the one you haven't written yet. I love that. Go write the next story. Um, just keep moving forward because if you stop that's where uh, that's where a lot of people that try to write fail they just they stop and they can't get the momentum back
0: mm-hmm. words to live by absolutely um <clears throat> because like it happens like you get to this point where it's just like oh i'm just i'm never gonna pick this up and that's the worst thing like you mm-hmm. whether you just open up that screen and you reread your last sentence but like you you gotta keep picking it up
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: David, just wonderful. Your optimism is great and refreshing. Thank you so much. Your stories seem so fun. Um, Thank Thank you you. so very much for for stopping by. Any last words or anything else before I ask my last question?
1: Uh, Just happy to be here. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Really enjoy it.
0: Lovely. All right, my last question is, I like to leave people with inspiration that they can use in a writing prompt or in their creative process. So if you had to leave us with a word or a phrase that we can use in a prompt, what would you leave us with?
1: Ooh, I feel like I should have come prepared for something. Um, All right, as a writing prompt, true story.
0: Oh, that's, oh, (laughs) That's it? Whether you're
1: you're doing something that you're telling a joke and, oh, no, this is a true story, or however you want to do it, but writing prompt, true story.
0: Oh, that can be fun because you can go so many different ways with Mm -hmm. that. Um, Very fun. Um, Maybe I'll try my hand at comedy. I don't know, but stay tuned to the end of this episode to see what I do with the prompt true story. All right. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Have a great rest of your day. You too. True story. I was leaning on the bar in the Rushford Tavern, trying to convince the barkeep to pass me a cold one. I tried to tell him old man Sanders was an old pal of my pop, and he always slid me some from the tap, but the barkeep wasn't having it. As Micah told his tale, the crowd hung on every word. Micah watched as their eyes glazed over enthralled by his tale. He got this gift from his pa, who was a grifter. Now, at age 19, Micah was performing his own cons. Unlike his father, who ran off when times got hard, Micah was using his talents to care for his sick mother and the occasional girl who caught his eye. As Micah took a swig from his bottled pop that someone passed him as payment for his latest tale, his faithful friend Nell went around snagging trinkets and cash from the growing proud. After the burn and fizz from his drink passed, he continued. The barkeep, who was well over 7'3 and as wide as a Mack truck, came from around the bar and hoisted me up by my collar. Micah was trying. Micah was thinking of where to go next with the story when Nell started fanning himself with his hat. That was their signal. Micah grinned, and the ladies hanging around the edge of the crowd giggled and whispered to each other delightedly. He grabbed me by my collar and said, I'm gonna pass you a cold one if you can tell me where old man Sanders keeps his hooch. Let's just say we both got... Let's just say we both got drunk off our... Before Micah could finish, sirens blared and the crowd scattered faster than birds dodging a cab. Micah ran around the corner and glanced back, causing him to miss the hand coming towards him. He yelped and fought, but the grasp tightened. He slowed his movements when the hand threw him against the wall. Dazed by the movements, he blinked quickly and saw that his assailant was a woman. Lady, I don't know who you are, but... Her pointed black nails raised to her lips, silencing his protest. When she spoke, her words were as seductive as her sheer black top that exposed the mounds of her cleavage. Let me do the talking, Micah, because I have an offer you won't want to refuse. It will leave you with enough money to save your dying mother, or you can refuse and end up like your father.